Hello and welcome back to Sea Red UK, a UK-based Chicago Bulls podcast. I'm Matt, and as normal, I'm joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm very good, Matt. Sitting here in my car as usual. You know the uh, like the the garage band of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, with it been a Saturday, I'm in my car as well. So, and as I just said, it's a Saturday, and the reason we're recording is because we've got a, a very special guest, and that is courtesy of CHGO's podcast, Big Dave. How are we doing, Big Dave? Man, I'm beautiful, fellas. How y'all feel? Uh, awesome. Great to have you. Yeah, hey, man. Amazing. Trust me, I've, I've been in y'all positions, recording out of cars, recording in closets, <laughs> recording on headphones because I didn't have a microphone, so I'm talking into headphones. Trust me, I, I've, I've been through all that, man. It's all good. Yeah, we like to keep it professional. So. <laughs> <laughs> As long as it's recorded, it's all good, man. As long as it's recorded. (laughs) No fancy recording studios over here. Yes, sir. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're going to start with a few questions for you, and um, that kind of leads into the first one. I'll I'll take the first one, and it's CHGO looks a lot of fun and sounds a lot of fun, obviously, when, when we hear the finished product. Does it actually feel like work for you, especially when you've been trying to put out five episodes a week during this downtime? Mm, hey, ask, ask that again. You cut out on the first part. That was my fault. Uh, all right, sorry. Yeah, um, CHO looks a lot of fun and sounds a lot of fun when we hear the finished product. Yes, um, obviously, you've got a good chemistry there with the four of you, well, three of you, when, when Mark here joins. Um, does it actually feel like work for you, um, especially as you've been trying to put out five episodes a week during this horrible time? <laughs> um, no, it does. It doesn't feel like work at all. Um, I probably wouldn't do podcasting if it did feel like work. Um, if it, it just feels like I'm talking to my friends, and you know, that's I think that's one of the important things in, in doing it is you just want that authenticity. You know, you want it to be natural. You you want it to come across as, you know, just regular conversation. And the best way to do that is just to be yourself. And wh- whoever that version of yourself is, you be that person. So everybody on there is completely and 100% authentically themselves. Um, and I think that's kind of why it works uh, so well, or it seems like it's it's working so well is, yeah, everybody's just them. And yeah, it does not feel like work. I would be doing it if there wasn't a microphone in, in front of my face. So I would be doing this, just talking to friends or even random strangers on a train. Um, it, it, it's the same thing I would be doing regardless. So no, it, it definitely doesn't feel like work. Yeah. I, I'll, well, I was going to ask this a bit later on, but since you just kind of brought it up a little bit, um, obviously we've only been going about six weeks with this podcast now. Um, mm-hmm. And we started out on, Stump, which is a Tim Sinclair app, and he's been really supportive for us as well. Um, you know, giving us little bits of advice and listening in and messaging and commenting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, me and Neil didn't actually want to do the podcast to start with, it was somebody mm. else's idea that we got roped into, and then <laughs> we've kind of ended up having to run with it. Um, we've lost other hosts and other interest and stuff like that so 
before it all started, I asked Hayes of uh, Chicago Bulls Central and Locked On for a little bit of advice um, about where to go with a podcast and how to, you know, what to do with it sort of thing. And he said, well, the advice he gave back was uh, sound quality is a must, um, mm-hmm. which as we just said, we record in our cars. So it's as, as good as it's going to get for us. Um, be consistent, which... He was saying, you know, if you're going to put out two episodes a week, you've got to put out two episodes a week sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, just have fun with it, mm-hmm. um, which, like I've said, we are now. Um, the, the nerves have gone from when we first started as none of us are particularly great public speakers or, you know, we're just basically fans trying to put our opinion across. And it's like, does anybody actually want to listen to two guys in the UK <laughs> waffling on about Chicago Bulls? So. <laughs> You know, what sort of advice would you give to, well, to us and to any other potential new podcast that people are thinking of? I think that advice is is pretty dead on uh, right there because that's exactly what we did. Like when I started uh, Ball on Bulls with with Chris, uh, I told him I just want to do it consistently and I wanted to go at a turtle pace. I didn't want to be a rabbit. Like I saw... And, and not just in podcasting, but with anything, you see a lot of people start fast and fizzle out uh, because they started so fast. And then they're looking around like, well, how come everything's not moving as fast as I want it to move? You know, it's because it's just not time yet. You know, it's, you don't know when your time has come. Some people, it comes early on. You know, you can get it in six months. Some people, it takes six years. Me personally, I know I just wanted it to to. Uh, work around how my life, basically, um, if I had time to do it, like you said, consistency, we wanted to do one show. We started out with like, we're going to do a show every single week. That's what we're going to do. That's what it's going to be. Uh, when life changed and we couldn't do it every week, uh, we said, well, fine, we'll, we'll find a way to do two shows or something a month. You know, we'll, we'll do it bi-monthly or whatever like that. But regardless yeah. of how we did it, it was going to be consistent. It was going to continue to do it. We wanted to put in our 10,000 hours. Um, so basically just getting comfortable, like you stated, just getting comfortable with yourself uh, and getting comfortable with the mic. One thing I never did was think about who was listening. I Like you asked that question, like who wants to listen to a couple of guys just go on about the Bulls? I truly didn't care, and I, and I really don't now. Um if you don't want to listen, that's fine. I, I do it for me. Like I'm, if I walk away happy with it, I promise you that's, that's all I think about. Like, okay, I liked it. Great. All right. There it is. We put it out because I can't, that stuff I can't control. You know, if anybody's going to like it, I might think it's the greatest show in the history of civilization in four downloads. And then I might do one where I think it was just complete trash and you get 4,000 downloads, you know, <laughs> You can't you can't control that. You know, it's not up to you. That's that's any art that you do. It's up to public perception. You know, uh, it's up to public interpretation. Um, so you, you're not the deciding factor of the art. You're just the creator. So all you can do is create it and find out if you're comfortable with it. So if you're comfortable with it and you created it, then that's a victory. And, and that's how I always looked at it. So, yeah, the consistency is key. The audio, like they said, is completely 100% key. Um it it's so important in podcasting. I mean, it would be like if if you were a musician, well, your 
instrument, your drum, if you're a drummer, then that's the most important thing is you have drumsticks, right? Like your drumsticks got to be on point. If you play the trumpet, well, you got to make sure your horn is clean every time. You got to make sure that it, it's tuned up correctly. You have to make whatever your instrument is, it has to be right. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how you have to get it. It has to be correct. That's why I stated when we first started, the you know, we went and bought microphones and the audio wasn't right. And we found out that we were too close together. So I had to start sitting in a closet <laughs> with the door closed and recording shows, you know, and I did that for probably uh, two years, you know, just sitting in a closet recording shows probably longer than that. I just, it just sounds like two years in my head, but yeah, but that's, that's just what it was because the sound quality had to be right. So, and people will let you know, they won't let you know about their opinions. They'll let you know what it sounds like. <laughs> They'll like, Hey man, this, this is off or this don't sound right. It's not about, Hey, your opinion was dumb. It's more so, hey, I couldn't hear your stupid opinion. <laughs> so, so you want to make sure your your sound quality is perfect and it comes across like that's the main investment I think you you want to put into uh, podcasting. So once you get that, um, and like you like um, they told you, locked on and Bull Central. Once you get those things and the consistency and you being authentically you and not trying to play it up uh, to one side or another. No, if you're, if you're, if you're a jerk, then be a jerk. You know, if you're a nice guy, then be a nice guy, you know, but be who you are, you know, because there's plenty of room for you. We got enough jerks and, and phony jerks and phony nice guys, but we don't have enough of you. So be yourself and, and do those things. And, and yeah, and you'll be all right. Yeah. I mean, like I say, we're, we're now, we, I think we are getting to that point now where we're, where we're comfortable with each other, comfortable with mm-hmm. ourselves. And once we've got the content back there, <laughs> it'll flow a lot easier as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously we never thought we'd get a chance to speak to someone like you. And obviously previously we've had Tim Sinclair on as well, which mm-hmm. is just for us in the UK, it's just it's a bit surreal to be fair. <laughs> and, I mean, speaking of Tim Sinclair, have you ever actually had him as a guest or met him in any sort of way? You know, it's funny. He he's going to be on the show Tuesday. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. Is a, a, a pre-warning for us. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 coming on Tuesday. I'm going to tell him, you guys are the worst. I can't wait. No, I'm just playing. Um, but no, we're going to have him on uh, Tuesday. I, I contacted him um, this week. And we talked it out, we hashed it out. But yeah, he'll he'll be on it in studio with us Tuesday, and that'll be my first time meeting him and uh talking to him and and everything like that. So yeah, no, it just it it it's worked out perfectly, exactly kind of how it's supposed to. So any, any tips you want to give me about Tim? Anything I should ask him? Uh, he's a great guy. He's he's easy to talk to, and he, you give him a, a a little bit. And he'll run away. He'll run away with it. You know, kind of like yourself, Dave. He likes to talk a bit. It's good. It's good. <laughs> right on. Right on. Yes, sir. That'll work. Well, that will work. You've got the Bears content with him as well, aren't you? Which we were just bulls with him, but obviously because he does the Bears as well, I'm sure you'll you'll get some stories out of that. We, we oh, got yeah. some great some great bulls stories out of him, including leaving my guy Javante hanging. So. I did say I'd let go, but I can't let it go. You can't, you can't leave the body hanging. 
Can't leave Javante yeah. hanging, man. <laughs> but I'll, uh, I'll let Neil ask you a couple of questions now and get his out of the way. Yeah, sure. So, um, Dave, w- w- you know, we're avid listeners of CHGO, both myself and Matt, uh, and a lot of our uh, community over here listen to you guys too. Uh, we love the vibe that you guys have on CHGO, but are there ever any times where you disagree, even say off the record, and then you have to try and bite your lip once the the camera starts rolling or you start recording? Uh, yes, we disagree all the time off the record, and we never bite our lip <laughs> on the record <laughs> on, on a disagreement ever. Uh, we wouldn't be doing the show if if that was the case. Um, that was one of the great appeals of CHGO is um, kind of what I just said. Um, to you guys previously is they were interested in just us being our authentic selves and Matt and I, that's what we do. (laughs) Like we argue, we debate and we're loud about it. And that's how we kind of got tight. You know, that's how we became friends or Mm -hmm. or great friends is because we argued all the time about stuff, about basketball, about the way, you know, he and I couldn't be more different. And, you know, the way we dress, you know, what we listen to, what we eat, um, <laughs> you know, all these things are completely different. You know, who we like in basketball, who we don't like in basketball, who we like in football, who we don't like in in uh, American football. Um, I mess with him all the time because he is a avid uh, football, as we call it soccer over here, but he's an avid football <laughs> fan and he can't stand it that I love wrestling. And so we always go back. He'll pick with me about wrestling. I'll pick with him about football. Um, he'll, yeah, and we'll go back and forth and argue about that. Like, but it's all fun. We just laugh about it uh, in the end. So, yeah, we definitely, we, we definitely debate and argue uh, often, but we laugh even more. And we have more fun, even more than we actually um, argue. Or and, and do things like that. So it's 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 a lot of fun just doing that. And I always think debate is healthy. You know, I never think it's uh, a bad thing. I, I never had an argument where I felt like it should come to blows or mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. anything like that. Like, no, we're just talking sports. You know, <laughs> like we're talking basketball, bro. Like, like it's a lot going on in the world. Like, this should not leave me the fisticuffs right here. Like, because I'm arguing over. Ayo DeSumo and Javante Green. I'm not ready to fight over any of them. Yeah, so fight over Javante. Yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> to each his own, my man. To each his own. But <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm not. I love Matt Thomas, but I'm not throwing no fist for Matt Thomas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I'm not doing that. But yeah, like it's it's healthy. I think um, I love to hear where people's points of views are uh, on certain things and um, why they came to that reasoning. And whether I agree with it or not, I honor people who just stand on their opinion because I'm going to stand on mine. So, yeah, I, I, yes, to answer your question, yes, we, we definitely have that off air banter and debate. But I think there's more laughter and more fun than it is debating. And the occasional hat throwing. Oh, my God. Yes. Matt, Matt's going to toss them hats. That's going to happen. Man. It's, it's definitely going to happen for sure. <laughs> Okay, so moving on to the next question then. Um, Who would you say was the best or even most surprising guest on either Ball uh, or Bow, should I say, Outsiders or CHGO? And uh, who, out of all the people you spoke to, did you struggle to keep a conversation going with? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, 
the last part, none of them. Like I'll I'll talk to anybody. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll have a conversation with anyone because I'm I'm genuinely curious in in everybody in their life and, and what they're doing and how they got there and why they're there and you know why they even want to have a conversation with me. Like I'm I'm genuinely a a curious person. I always have been since since a child. So conversation is 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 a great thing for me. Like I'm gonna we're gonna talk. Like as you all know, I'm gonna mm-hmm. talk. Um, best guest. Wow, that's wow, that's a good question. Because honestly, I don't know who's. I've had. I mean, we've had so many great. Like I interviewed Stacey King on Ball, and and that was like three hours long, and and that was great. Like I, I heard so many wonderful stories, and then I interviewed Will Purdue, and that was like two and a half hours, and and that was great. That was amazing, and and um. Oh man, Sarah Kustak just recently was was an amazing interview on CHGO um, that we had. That was great. Adam Amin, Adam Amin was was awesome on on the CHGO pod. Like very open and very forthcoming. Um, the one I just did with Chuck Swirsky, I got a lot of great feedback on from people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was great. So I don't I don't think there's any one that I can just truly uh point to and be like that's number one. I, I don't think I've reached that yet because I've honestly taking something from every single one and everybody's been been nice enough to be open and honest uh about anything i've asked them or anything matt has asked them like everybody's been pretty open about it and willing to share you know uh with us their thoughts and and opinions just on basketball and life and i'm always honored by that that people would want to share that kind of thing uh with me so i mean it's 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 been good i know we had an actor lamorne Lamorne Morris, I don't know if you know him, um, but he's an actor here here in the states and did a show New Girl. Um, said uh, guy's been in a couple of Vin Diesel movies and things like that. But right. he was he was hilarious. I mean, he, doing impersonations of Stephen A. Smith. Um, we argued for like thirty minutes because he said LeBron is better than Jordan, and <laughs> you know like. It, it was just, it, but it was just so much fun. You know what I mean? It was just like great talking, great debate. So, yeah, we've had a, a myriad and a different, you know, types of guests on, but conversation definitely hasn't been a struggle uh, with anybody we, we've spoken to. Which is great. That's what you want, right? Yeah, which is what you want. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Great point. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Matt, do you want to fire on? Yeah, I mean, it's not one of the questions I was going to ask, but it leads into what you've just been saying. Did you actually get nervous, like, before these sort of episodes with people like Stacey King and some of the, obviously, the great guests you get on, sort of a little bit fangirlish and, mm-hmm. you know, the nerves kind of inspire you to, to be better, I suppose. it's. But, you know, obviously for us, this is a big thing having you on, but obviously getting right. someone like Stacey on is right. massive. You know, everything he did for Bulls and it still does for Bulls, so... Mm-hmm. Um, nervous, probably, no, uh, anxious is probably a better word, uh, for me. Uh, that's not to say I haven't been nervous. It's just because like I talked about the 10,000 hours that, that I put in just talking, uh, and doing it on the microphone all the time that when certain people come on, it's more anxious and excitement than it is, um, nerves for me. But that's not to say I haven't been for sure. Um, but for me, my brain like kind of compartmentalizes things. So even when 
I would have somebody on and I, and I would be nervous and nervous and nervous. Oh man, you know, do I got, do I got this right? Oh man, I got to make sure this is on, this is on. As soon as the microphone goes on, I forget everything. <laughs> like every, <laughs> every, every reason I'm scared or every reason I'm nervous, I, I forget it all. And it's just basically me saying, well, screw it. It's basically my brain saying, all right, screw it. The mic's on, you know? And it's like my dad would always tell me, well, you you're already there. You might as well be great. So that's kind of how I look at it. Like, okay, well, I'm here. Like, I might, I might as well be great at it. You know, like, I might as well just go ahead and do that. So, you know, like, let's just do that. What's stopping me from, from being great outside of me, you know? And I control me. So, yeah, let's just turn the mic on. Let's let's do it. So I think that just honestly, guys, comes with repetition. And you're going to make mistakes. Like, I look forward to mistakes. Uh, when when I was first starting, I looked forward to it. I, I wanted to make all the mistakes I could because I was like, okay, now I know what not to do. Now I know what not to say. Now I know how to say this. Now I know how to approach this. Okay, now I know this knob does this. Okay, this microphone, you don't plug it in here. Oh, this is going to fall. Like, I look forward to make, because that's how I learn. Like, some people learn differently, but that's how I learn is is messing up. And, and making mistakes, no permanent mistakes, but, you know, just actual mistakes. Like, that's OK. I've always felt that that was OK as long as it came with learning. Um, but, yeah, like I don't nervous. No, like I was always taught by my dad that, you know, you're, you're not better than anybody and nobody's better than you. Like, that's how I was always taught. And that's kind of how I approach and look at people. Um, I'm always honored. Yeah. And flattered. Like, dude, Stacey King. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> like, wow, dude, you're Stacey King. Like, wow. You're Adam with me. Like I'm a fan of, of all these people. Um, but no, nerve nervous is not, is not one of them. Um, anymore, I would say, but anxious and, and ready to do it. Like, yeah, I, I'm always anxious and, and ready to go and already have like questions in my head. Like some people prepare, tediously you know I, i'm not one of them <laughs> like, like i i know i i'm more of a flow kind of person you know i'm i'm more of a i want to i want to ask you something from my heart kind of thing or ask you something i've been thinking about so it's preparation is different maybe i'll be thinking about those questions over the time you know that i'm going to interview that person and you know and then within the flow of the conversation they might say something to trigger another question that that i want to ask them so it, it's kind of like that i like things being organic you know but again that comes with me liking mistakes because that's kind of like um being in theater you know it's kind of like that you know once once you do it in theater it's out there there's no take two you know like you it's out there so i kind of like that doing things without a net uh kind of thing so but that's me you know that's just me and, and how i approach it other people's approaches are are different and definitely more structured and that works for them you know it makes them the greatest and best person that they can be and it's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with that so yeah but yeah i no not nerves and and i mean not not none nerves or anything but anxious yeah definitely definitely anxious to talk to them yeah uh i'll bring it back to bulls now since that's what we're here to talk about mm-hmm. um obviously you you mentioned about been at super at summer league and seeing Dale and Terry and how he mm-hmm. sort of progressed through summer league and you obviously made it quite clear you you're excited by him and is the energy that he's going to bring. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it's a bit of a two-part question. Like, how would you see him getting his minutes this year? And do you see him actually as a guard or possibly moving up to like the three or something like that? That's a good question. Um, how he gets his minutes is interesting because, you know, him being a rookie and being a guard, we know the Bulls are kind of deep, especially at that point guard position. Uh, they're pretty deep at that. He might get in maybe as a two or, like you said, maybe as a three. He might steal some minutes that way uh, on a back-to-back or something like that. Or he could play the first game of the season. You know, we, we never know because we saw it last year with Io. He came in the first game of the season in, in a serious time, you know, and played heavy minutes and succeeded. So I don't know how Billy Donovan uh, – wants to kind of treat these things because I remember Derek Jones Jr. not even playing like the first couple months uh, of the year. Um, And then, you know, he became a a pretty important uh, part of the team. So injuries occur, you know, that, that stuff happens. You don't want them to, but you know, those things happen. Um, So he might get in that way also because he is a really skilled basketball player. Like I know I talk a lot about the energy, that I think he's going to bring, but the dude can play. Like, I don't want that to ever get lost in this. Like he's just not out there screaming and that's it. Like he really, his IQ is excellent. Like if you watch him control the floor, you know, running that point guard position, knowing where everybody needs to be on the floor, uh, knowing how to run the play as a rookie, you know, when people are looking to you to call the play is impressive. So his IQ is awesome. His work ethic is even greater. Um, they talked about the hitch in his giddy up, as we as people say, on his three point shot, and he's kind of getting rid of that because I continue to watch these videos of him and his repetition when he's shooting the three, just getting that better and getting that more accurate. And he's an athlete on top of that, so he he could definitely um be a leaper and a high flyer and use his athleticism uh, on the floor. So he's definitely tremendously skilled. Um. I think those things, His, I think his work ethic and his energy will get him on the floor, but what will keep him on the floor is his skill and, and how good he actually is. So I'm anxious to see when he comes in because, like I said, Billy Donovan can be a wild card uh, with certain things of when guys play and when they don't. Um, we kind of saw everyone. I, I, I continue to say a million times last year that he's not beholden to any lineup. So – I don't see Dalen Terry riding the pine all season. I definitely see him um, getting some minutes and getting some opportunities uh, in the game to see what he can really do for this team. So, yeah, he can, I could see him playing the two. I could see him playing the three. I think they're kind of uh, deep at the one, uh, you know, with Dragic, with uh, Io, uh, with Caruso, and, you know, even a combo guard like Kobe. Um, I think they're kind of deep there, but, you know, maybe the two – and the three, I think you could probably see him come in and get some minutes. Yeah, we've sort of said that in our – we've been doing sort of player profiles and uh, predictions and stuff like that where we see him and we did sort of say he's going to struggle to get in at the one. But mm-hmm. apart from that, we've, you know, we're both really excited to see what he does. Yeah, uh, yeah, he should be good. He should be fun. Yeah, even he should be it, really fun. Even if he's just there pumping P. Will up a little bit, that's... (laughs) (laughs) He needs it. (laughs) Uh, I've got one more question for you before I hand it back to Neil. Sure. 
you know, what are you excited about with this current roster and what mm. are you worried about with it? Mm. Mm. I'm uh, I'm excited several things. Um one is Zach Levine. I'm very excited to watch him because I think he's reaching a point where the game is is slowing down for him where he doesn't have to go 800 miles an hour to get a shot. If you notice Zach Levine's time here, he's had to work hard, you know, to get a shot because he was the only guy. You know, that's why we would see him over dribbling. That's why you would see him at the point all the time. Um, that's why you would see him trying so hard to get to the bucket. And then when he would get there, not get those foul calls uh, either. You, he had to work very, very hard. Uh, so he, he demanded a lot from his body. Um, I think now this season with the talent they have around him, you're going to see more catch and shoot from Zach, which is he, he is absolutely deadly uh, in the catch and shoot. And I think he's going to become more, a little more fluid. Like the game will become a little more ease to him. Because now he draws fouls. Hanging with DeMar DeRozan, you saw his ability to draw fouls get much better. Uh, being Well, hanging with DeMar DeRozan and also being a two-time All-Star also helps. Um, but you see him getting those calls now. He gets foul calls now. He, he's been to the line. You know, those double-digit free-throw games increased in the second half of the season uh, mm-hmm. for him. And I was just tremendously excited for him to see that because now he's getting those calls. That's how the great scorers are averaging 30 or, you know, averaging 28, 27 a game is because they get to the line and knowing that Zach can do that now and knowing he could have that in his game just excites me. And I'm ready to just watch him, you know, in his prime be Zach Levine and, you know, just be a, a better basketball player. I'm not, I don't want to say smarter because he's already really smart, but a better basketball player. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for DeMar DeRozan. Uh, because again, he's still being doubted in, in publications around. So he's continuing to be to be doubted, even though he just had the best season of his career. <laughs> you know, not in the not in the past five years, but his career. He had the best season of his life in the NBA last year in in year twelve. So uh, I'm excited to see him continue that. Um, I'm also excited for Patrick Williams uh, to see him on the floor. Because, you know, he's the big question mark, as you guys probably know, um, for the team is is Patrick Williams and what he's going to do, what he's going to be. Um, I've watched, you know, I think everybody's watched enough of the offseason videos and just ready to see him actually get on the floor and uh, oh, yeah. do something. Yeah, because I know we, we were bathing in those offseason videos <laughs> watching him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, P. Will's my guy. I love P. Will. I can't wait for him to take that step forward. Yeah, yeah. And I am too. I'm excited for him too. I, he's got all the tools like, He's that guy when you walk on the floor, you look at him and you're just like, okay, yeah, you, you're guarding the best player on the other team. Just from the look of him, you know, mm-hmm. like the size and, you know, just looking at the man. You're like, yep, you're guarding LeBron. You're guarding Kawhi. You're guarding KD. <laughs> yep, you're guarding all of them. Like whoever the best player is on the other team, he's your man. Just looking at him. So his, his thing for me has always been mental. It's never been about his game for me. It's always been mental. Yo, dude, take that three-point shot. Yo, dude, make that pass. You know, yo, dude, quit being hesitant. You know, like you, it was, those aren't uh, things that you have in your game. Like those are just mental moves. Those are things you question yourself and, you know, not knowing if he, he wants to ruffle any feathers or anything like that. Now coming into year three, I want him to get that out of him. You know, I hope that's out of him. 
And that's also, again, why I said one of the reasons they brought Dalen Terry in here was to help light a fire under Patrick Williams. And you've heard about them guys going back and forth in practice. That's yeah. great. You know, I love that. You know, challenge him. You know, hold him accountable. All that stuff. Because I guarantee you, Dalen will be the first person off the bench to bump him in the chest once he hits that key three-pointer to put them up five. Like, he's going to be that one right there. And Patrick kind of needs that because the Bulls are, you know, cool guys. Everybody's real chill. They, they need some fire. And I think he'll provide that. So I'm excited to see Patrick uh, con- continue to grow and-, and do those things. And the last one for me is Io. Uh, I'm really excited to watch him because that dude, how I talked about Pat's mental, Io's mental was there. <laughs> you know, he's ready. His thing now, his thing was all physical, like about just adding, getting his body better, eating better, you know, getting a better handle, you know what I'm saying? Improving his vision, having the game slow down for him. Like those are physical things. Like once you got your mental together, you can work on your physical and you can be better. Scotty Pippen's a great example of that. Um, but yeah, man, like once you get, that down, he's he's gonna be a beast, and I and I'm excited to watch him going forward, and because we loved him uh, in that first year, and I'm sure you guys did too. Oh yeah. Um, the things that worry me, what concern one one is obviously Lonzo Ball <laughs> and his knee yeah. and his availability. That's that's worry and concern number one, two, three, four, and five. Um, because <laughs> you know what he looks like when he's on the floor, and you know what they look like when he's not on the floor, and. I was asked the other day, are we overstating, you know, his uh, – what what he brings to the floor and what he can do for the team? Are we overstating it? Are they putting too much on it? And I said I, I would say we were overstating it if we didn't have actual proof. Like, we lived, we sat there and watched what the Bulls looked like with him and how easy the game looked. I wish I counted up how many easy buckets he got for people on the Bulls. You know, just off of inbounds, throwing it down and getting easy layups for guys. He got so many easy points for people. He removed so much thinking uh, for guys on the floor that it was just they just had to react. And I think that's that's taken away now. Also, he covered up things on defense because he's six, six and could guard anybody. And also, you know, coming over, uh, getting those blocks uh, from behind. He was definitely on that. Definitely a good rebounder as well and would start the break. So. He made things simpler. He made things easier. Not having him on the floor kind of hurts that. So I'm interested. I think the Bulls are better prepared this season because last year it was he's out six to eight weeks and it turned into six to eight months. So I think now they have a better idea of what they have at that position and going into something more prepared to have him, you know, miss some time if he has to miss time. But it's definitely a concern, him not being on the floor because the East is just way better. Um. The other concern for me is the interior defense. Uh, I'm, de- I'm definitely concerned because the two things that go into that offseason that I thought they had to shore up was the interior defense and the three-point shooting. And they didn't really touch those. Uh, you could, I heard Tony Gill. I was on with him, uh, Tony Gill from NBC Sports Chicago. And he made a good point about Andre Drummond. He said they didn't address the interior defense, but getting a rebound is a defensive stop. Because you can't run your offense without the ball. And Andre Drummond is one of the greatest rebounders ever. Like, mm-hmm. one of the best ever. So they answered that question at rebounding because they were 29th in, in rebounding. So they answered that question. And he's right that it, rebounding can uh, stop that, stop the run of the other team because you can't don't have the ball, you can't do anything. But when they do have the ball, 
then it becomes an issue, you know, like when they run in these plays and you don't have an interior presence down there or anybody to affect that, I think it could be an issue. And it's a question mark because, you know, your boy Patrick Williams, uh, we don't know yet. He could be that help help defender for them, but we'll find that out in the season. Um, we'll find out how good Drummond is at rebounding um, or if he still got that fire for it, you know, during the season. So that's a concern. Uh, for me as well. And the three-point shooting I just mentioned is also a definite concern for me because of the NBA and the way the league is now. You need that. And Lonzo Ball shooting 42% is not going to be there. Well, it's been reported that he's not going to be there. So, yeah, those are definite concerns uh, for me uh, going forward for this team. But honestly, it's 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 good concerns to have because I remember how trash this team was years ago. So uh-huh. I'll take these concerns. Yeah, the, the dark days. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, man, bro. Just pitch black. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. uh, that, I was going to say, it's, yeah, that's my questions done. So, I'll hand it to Neil. Okay, Dave. Um, so, uh, we've tried to start a community for Bulls fans to connect in the UK and Ireland. Uh, and, and this has even expanded further with listeners in France, Australia, America, and uh, recently we've even listed someone in India. Mm. Um, obviously, you already work with Mark K, but uh, mm-hmm. how do you guys feel about the extended Bull Nation, uh, Bulls Nation on a global scale? Oh, love it. Are you kidding? I'm, my God, we, I wish you knew how many times I said Bulls fans are global, and it's amazing. Like, I wish you knew how many times I've said that over the years. Like, it just blows my mind how global – it is for the Chicago Bulls. And I always give you all a little more extra credit because of the time the game comes <laughs> on and what you guys have to sacrifice <laughs> to stay up and watch a game. Because I'm sure you could easily DVR it or something like that. And y'all like, nope, we're watching it live. You know, and oh, I'm yeah. like, that's two, three in the morning? Man, yeah. listen, y'all have a different <laughs> level of dedication that I honor for real, man. And so to do that for 82 games, you know, or not even 82, because I'm sure some of them, you know, come on at a decent hour uh, for you guys. But most majority of them don't. Um, and the fact that you all are still up and still watching and still supporting and still got that serious kind of love uh, for the Chicago Bulls, man, it's amazing and it's mind blowing. And we're trying now to let CHGO uh, tell, let us go to Paris when the Bulls play Detroit. So we're trying now to get out there because I would love to meet more of you guys um, out there internationally, you know, in France when we're in Paris. And, and if you guys come from London, coming over to Paris uh, to watch the game, I would love to meet you guys in person and and shake your hand and, and, and high five you and, you know, have a pint or whatever and just hang out because it's, it's amazing to me that this team can be that far reaching uh, across the globe and as you all know bulls community is tight and yeah. they have nothing but love and support you know for people in that community of course there are a bunch of negative people in it but that's any community um that you build but i'm just talking about the love and, and the respect that people have for it and yeah internationally I'm, I'm just i'm blown away that that you guys are over there listening to me <laughs> say stuff like you know that's <laughs> That's mind-blowing to me. You guys are like, wow, we can't believe you're on the show. I'm like, dude, y'all want me on the show? Like, this is crazy. Like, 
that stuff is amazing to me. And I don't, I don't take any of that for granted. Like that's, it's truly amazing. But yeah, what you guys do is, is, is really, really special. Yeah. Well, it, listen, it's great for us. We, we do, we listen to you all the time and to have you come in and speak into us and it's going to make a, a big impact. I'm sure to a lot of our listeners to, to hear that we're, we're building those bridges between yeah, your community and our community over here and working together. Mm-hmm. is great. Um, you actually touched on what would have been my next question there, actually, is that we are hoping and praying that when they release those tickets to the Paris game that we can get them because for a lot of us over here, it, it may be the first or the only chance we get to actually see the Bulls right. play on the court and not on a TV right. screen. So we're, you know, we're all waiting um, by, by the phones, ready to, to get our tickets as soon as they're released. Um, yes. You said, obviously, you haven't had it confirmed that you're going to be going. But in the event that we manage to get tickets and you do go, uh, where will we meet you? <laughs> oh, man, wherever you want to meet. Like, you tell me. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know the first thing about what's going on in Paris. I just know. Just tell me what the stadium is and I'll be there. Like, and, and I'll show up. But I mean, wherever you want to meet, I will be there, man. You say the word. Like, I am down. That goes for anybody who wants to meet up with myself and that. Uh, and will when when we go over there, like anybody, any of y'all, when we get there, want to meet up, like please let us know. You know what I'm saying? Hit us up on Twitter, however you want to do. Set it up. Yes, we would love to meet every single one of you for real. There you go. Now it's out there. It has to happen. Well, we've <laughs> yes, got, we've got a couple of uh, French connections already. So okay, we'll we'll hit them up for some directions and the best bars in in Paris. All right, I'm with it. I am with yeah. it. This is exciting. Yes, I'm with it. So I think we're about ready to move on to some of the mailbag questions there, Matt. Yeah. Um, as, of, as we've alluded to, obviously, we're, we're trying to build the community. And in on this podcast itself, we've we've already had a few uh, different people on from well, what, from the UK, but we've had uh, one for France and... And the first one I'll get to, Troy from Australia. I'm sure you know hey, the name. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, I made sure that as soon as we knew you was coming on, I, I slid in his DMs to see if there was anything he wanted to say <laughs> to you. So, you know, he's a great guy, Troy, and he's, he's been a big supporter of us and he's definitely a big supporter of you. Yeah. And that was one thing he wanted to say. He wanted me to pass on his love for you, for well, for oh, both man. you and Matt Peck. And he yeah. said, hopefully one day he gets the opportunity to meet you. Man, appreciate that, Troy. Troy knows I got nothing but love for him, man. Like you said, he is one of the most supportive Bulls fans I've I've ever met. And it's not just, like you said, with us. Like, supports everybody um, who's putting out, you know, a podcast for the Bulls that he enjoys. Like, he's listening and consuming all of it. So, yeah, no, I I have nothing but love for Troy, man. And and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. uh, The one question that he did have for you was, what's your – your favorite Bulls moment at a game? Ooh, wow. Favorite Bulls moment at a game. Mmm. Wow. Okay. So this is this is different because the team wasn't there. But when the Bulls played Utah in the finals, uh game five, the the United the United Center used to open up to fans. And let fans in. And for about like 10 bucks, they would let you come in and watch the game on the Jumbotron. But not only did they let you watch the game on the jump, they gave you the whole experience uh, of being there at the UC. Now, you have to remember, at that time, 
you had to, you know, give a liver, arm, and kidney to afford a ticket, you know, to go see the Chicago Bulls <laughs> yeah, and Michael Jordan and all that. So it, you weren't going to the, unless you could do that, you weren't going to a game. And we didn't have that kind of money. So we weren't going to the game. So this was a huge deal. It was packed and sold out. They did the introductions. You know, Ray Clay, who was the announcer at the time, uh, was doing introductions. And it was it was simply amazing, you know, and it was the radio broadcast um, that they did. Neil Funk was doing the <clears throat> Neil Funk was radio broadcaster at the time. And that game that I saw just so happened to be the flu game. Oh, and wow. so I was there watching the flu game <laughs> and watching all of that happen. And I'll never forget when he hit that three to put them up. Man, the eruption that occurred in that stadium, I've honestly, I've never really felt anything like it since. Like, it just ran through you from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. Like, it just ran all the way through you when he hit that three. And so I always have a different perspective of that flu game than most people have because I watched it, you know, at the UC. That's probably my favorite um, Bulls moment live at a game like i've had other great games i've attended uh the one last year even that new york game that they lost by one matt and i were at with the joe kim joe kim noah night i i surprised matt and bought him tickets because i know he loved joe kim noah so i I bought him tickets to go see we went and saw joe kim noah on his night and you know that comeback that the bulls had you know they Mm -hmm. lost by one and that was the beginning honestly of demar Derozan, if you remember because when he airballed that he pretty much made a vow that that was never going to happen again. <laughs> and, right, yeah. and yeah, and that's what you saw. It never really occurred again. But but just the comeback was amazing. I'm high five and so many people around me um, it, and just yelling. And it, it was just a great time. So, yeah, that game definitely uh, stood out as well, even though it was a loss. It it stood out just for the energy of what, of what it was. Yeah, and that kind of leads into uh, a bit of – Gav's question. Now, Gav's uh, another person we've had on as a guest before, and he actually works for uh, Team GB Basketball. Oh, Not okay. that it's anything to shout about at the minute, but um, <laughs> and he's a he's a massive Bulls fan, and mm-hmm. one of the stories he did tell us when he was on was how he when Ben Gordon come over and played for GB in was it 2016, mm-hmm. I think he said, mm-hmm. and. He couldn't talk to him for two days. <laughs> he was proper <laughs> fangirling over him, and yeah, he was meant to be part of the coaching setup, and he couldn't even talk to him. So, <laughs> but he's got two questions for you, and one is, what are your top three moments as a Bulls fan? Top three moments as a Bulls fan: uh, the Jordan shot on Elo in the Cavs. Uh, was was an incredible moment. Um, the Bulls' third championship uh, against Phoenix when Paxson hit that shot. I I never saw it live because I have my hands buried in my, my face buried in my hands, so I never saw that shot live. I didn't see really the last two minutes. Like I didn't see the Jordan layup or anything. I I just couldn't take it. Like it was just too much. And I just remember my mother and and my whole family going insane when that three hit and. Yeah, that that was an incredible moment uh, as well. Uh, and the Joe Kim Noah breakaway dunk 
game six on Boston. Yeah. Man, good. that was because you couldn't draw something up better. <laughs> you know, you couldn't you couldn't draw it up better than that. Steal all the way, dunk, foul, and one, and you put their best player out the game with six fouls, and he hit the free throw. And you won the game. Like you can't you can't draw it up better than that. And yeah, that that's when the legend of Joe Kim Noah really started uh, for a lot of people because I was a huge Noah fan. I was definitely in the minority when Noah got drafted because I loved the fact that he got drafted. Man, people in Chicago hated it. <laughs> they, could, they hated it. They were like, this dude's a goofball. They, I'm like, dude, did you not see? You don't win, you know, Final Four MVP in college being trash. Like, he's a back-to-back champion. You know, starting center. Like, I couldn't understand. I thought he was exactly what the Bulls needed. And turns out he was. But, yeah, that moment was, yeah, I'll I'll never forget that one either. Because, again, like the energy and everything that went through you uh, when that happened was just special. Yeah. And it kind of leads into his next question is, what's the best game you have watched live and why? Hmm. Best game I watched live. Oh, that one I got to think about. Best Bulls game I watched live. Probably to think about. But the one that keeps popping in my head is when the Bulls played the Knicks when Lowry Marketing was here. And it was basically the Lowry uh, and the Unicorn matchup. And I just remember how <laughs> rabid Knicks fans were because we were sitting in, in the 200 section and Knicks fans next to us, and they were going insane. You know, Nick fans are always thinking they won the title, like every year. <laughs> and like he was going crazy. And Lowry hit a game hit the game winner and then he got the game winning block on uh, on uh Porzingis. And I was a huge Lowry fan, you know, during that time. And so just that again, just that moment just was big and it felt so nice to watch that live and, and see that live. That was a, a pretty cool moment. Uh, for me, um, watching last year when I we saw uh, Minnesota, we saw Minnesota and the Bulls, and Matt and I, I think we kind of sat like a few rows back of Adam Amin and Stacey King, and I don't think I had, well, no, I'd sat that close before, but it was just the view of it was crazy. But Demar Derozan when he hit that shot from the baseline. And did the too little on Patrick Beverly. Like, like you're too little. You're too little on there. That was that was amazing. Like that was just a, a great moment too. Um and that was the first time I like got to see Anthony Edwards up close and and my God. Oof. <laughs> that dude, that dude's a, my goodness. I wow. So yeah, that that those who gave the first things that kind of stand out. I, I do remember going to a game where they played the Wizards. I don't remember if it was the playoffs. I want to say it was the playoffs. But I remember the Bulls being down by 10 with like a minute to go. And a friend of mine who I went with talked me into leaving. And I never leave stuff early. I don't. But he talked me into leaving because he was driving. And he was like, bro, I got to get back. And it's now. I was like, all right, fine. So get in the car. Um, my dad calls me. And he's like, man, I know you're having a great time at the game right now. I was like, what you talking about? They, down by 10, the game over. We just left. 
He said, son, the game is tied. <laughs> Man, I, the the fire I looked at my friend with. <laughs> and I told him, I said, dude, if this game goes to overtime, I'm punching you in the face. I'm telling you right now. And Gilbert, I think Gilbert Arenas hit a game winner and it didn't go into overtime. And I was like, yeah, Gilbert saved you, bro. Because <laughs> I was really about to let you have it. On that one, man, because I don't like leaving early. But yeah, that moment kind of kind of stands out as well, because that sucked that I didn't get to see it live, you know, and experience it um, mm. live and things like that. But but yeah, I would say those moments. But if if another one pops in my head while we're talking, I, I'll I'll tell it to you. Absolutely. Uh, the last question I've got is from Gary, who was our our first guest actually when we first oh, started. Cool. Um. And I know he's a big, big listener of yourselves as well. Right. And he wants to know, how did you mentally prepare to watch, well, bad Bulls basketball in the last... <laughs> yeah. And then have to come on and talk about it afterwards as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yo, that is amazing. Um, oh, man. I, I guess it was, I just kept, saying I couldn't believe that I got to do it like every day I got to go sit in a recliner and watch a ridiculously huge television with Kendall Gill Will Perdue sometimes Horace Grant and Mark Shanowski and then later on Jason Goff and I'm like okay I don't see what's bad here like like you gotta <laughs> point out what's bad to be on this. And then, you know, just the stories, you know, and the conversations we would have um, in that time, it was just, it was amazing. And then I'm with John and then I'm with Matt and, you know, we're just having a conversation. And then we would play games. And I remember, <laughs> I remember the Bulls, we used to have a, a 20 point, uh, uh, 20 point drinking game. So, <laughs> The Bulls, when the Bulls would be down by 20, everybody would take a shot. And and set me because I, I, I found out I could not take shots and, and go on the air and do a show. It just it didn't work for me that way. I had, I had to take it after the show. I had to do it after the show. But we had a 20-point bottle. We ran through at least three of those in a season, <laughs> which is insane, you know, which, which is really, truly crazy that they were getting beat that bad. But yeah, so we would do that. That was what would keep it fun and make it easy is because I knew who I was going to see every time I showed up, you know, I knew I was going to go see those guys, you know, and, and do this show and have some fun talking to them. Um, there was, there was moments in the show every time where you saw one of us break, like the bulls would break one of us every single time. And <laughs> the order was usually met. <laughs> and then John, and then me. And Matt would usually be the first one to break because of an atrocious game. Atrocious game. And then John <laughs> would be the next one to break because of an atrocious game. And then I would be the next one to break because of an atrocious game. But they would always do something to break us and just something ridiculous. And it was just like, man. So watching those games weren't easy. No, they weren't. But I learned to laugh through the pain. <laughs> of a lot of it and you know just being with them though made it made it that much better because we had 
really, really, truly fun times uh, just talking basketball uh, with those guys. Basketball and, and, and life, you know, just speaking of those things with those guys. The Call with Tim Sinclair is brought to you by Stump, the new app for iOS and Android that allows anyone to create an instant social podcast. Whether by yourself or with friends, Stump lets you connect, record, and instantly share your conversations with the world. Talk about anything with anyone and share it with everyone. It's the social network solely for audio. Download the free app from the App Store or Google Play or learn more at GetStump.com. Stump, your voice has a place. Uh, I think that's enough questions for now. We'll we'll have a little bit of fun. We've got a few games lined yeah. up. We know we know you like your games as well on CHGO. I enjoy um, games. Yes, <laughs> I'll I'll pass it to Neil first because he's got his lined up. It was his idea when we started doing them, and they do seem to have gone down pretty well with some of our listeners. Not maybe not my choices, but definitely the game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what we've been doing recently is we've been playing a little game um, called Play, Bench or Wave in the okay. same vein as Kiss, Marry or Avoid. Yes, yes. <laughs> so basically I throw out three names and you decide which one you'd play, which one you'd bench and which player you'd wave. Okay, we did, we uh, did this one on Bullseye. We, we used to do follow block DM, but we did it for okay. Twitter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So you, so you know the score already. I'm with you. Okay, so the first one I'm going to throw at you then, Dave, is um, Patrick Williams, mm-hmm. Taj Gibson, mm-hmm. and Carlos Boozer. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Well, I've never uh, – this is tough because I've never been a big <laughs> fan of Carlos Boozer, but the dude is skilled. Like you can't just deny that. So I play Carlos. Um, I'm benching Todd, and I'd probably wave Pat, but I can be talked into waving Boozer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can be talked into that very easily, but just on a basketball tip, like Carlos Boozer is a, was a double double machine. Like that's what he did, you know. But I was never a big fan of of his game like that. But he's good. Like I can't go against good, you know. And Pat, it's only because. Everybody else you mentioned has been proven. Like, we know what they can do. We know what they bring. You know, I've seen those moments with them. I haven't seen those yet uh, for Patrick. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing them uh, this season for, from him for sure. But, but yeah, like, the only sure person that will be on this team for sure is Todd Gibson. Like, Todd is on the squad. Like, like no doubt about it. You, you've got to have Todd Gibson on the team. Yeah, I, I think I'd be in agreement there. Matt, are you, do you want to throw your tuppence in or will you move uh, on? No, I'll let you move on to the next one because okay. I don't want to get controversial <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> you had me waving D-Rose the other day, so... <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that went over well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I'll throw, I'll throw one more at you. This one has been tailored particularly, uh, specifically for yourself. Okay. So we have Io Desumo, mm-hmm. Kyle Corver, and Matt Thomas. Oh, 
Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you know who's starting. Let's start there. We already know who's starting. We already know. Best playing. shooter in the world, right? The best shooter in the world. <laughs> All right? In the world. Oh, y'all should have never showed me that analytic. <laughs> oh, man. But, yes, Maddie Thomas, Maddie Legend is definitely starting. Um, on the bench, I'm putting Ayo on the bench because I don't go against the hometown. That bro, he's from the city, so and I'm mm-hmm. from the city. Ayo so go and and he's good. He goes on the bench, and Kyle Corver out. I'll, I'll wave because I've already seen him be waved. <laughs> like I've, I've seen it on. I've seen so it does. It won't. It won't hurt or or affect me too much. And I already have the best shooter in the world. And Kyle Corver is number two on that list. So you know, I only got room for number ones over here. So we got number one shooter in the world, Matt Thomas. Start. There you go. <laughs> Very good. I'm, gl- I'm glad you stuck to your guns anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's not, it's not hard to stick to greatness, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we had a bit of fun with that then. Uh, Matt, you've got a little game to play too, right? Yeah. Um, call it quick fire. Obviously, okay. you're a bit of a – well, I called you a wordsmith. I think Neil described you as articulate. Um, how you come up with your words like points, points, guardsmanship. Um, yes. So I was going to throw a few Bulls players at you, and I think sure. Neil's got a few lined up as well. And we want a sort of quick reaction, as okay. little words as possible to describe them. So, yeah. as an example, if I said Matt Thomas, legend, exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah, fast learner. <laughs> so, First one, D Rose. Oh, legend as well. Like that's <laughs> what he is. Yours a legend. Um, Demar. Awesome. Joachim Noah. Beast. <laughs> ben Gordon. Greatness. And I couldn't let it slip without getting my guy in there, Javante Green. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He had a great game in that Minnesota game when I went to. He he really balled out in that game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely love him. I just love what he brings. And yeah. He just seems like a really good locker room guy as well, which yeah. I think helps as well. So That's yeah, a great like, point. Yeah. I mean, anytime you can be Sorry. a six four power forward and you can still run a team, that's that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he even played at five as well last year, didn't he? So right, come on, yeah, like, he, he, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, so I'll let Neil fire his at you as well. Okay, okay so uh, Tony Kukoc, waiter, nice. Dennis Rodman, colorful. <laughs> <laughs> Dalen Terry, young beast. <laughs> and uh, to take it in a slightly different direction, Denzel Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Cristiano uh, Felicio. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, yeah. man. That's awesome. <laughs> and the last one we've got, it's not really a game. It's just we're going to put out on our socials next week, but we wanted you to be the first to answer it. And it's sure. our 
predictions for well Bulls as a whole and individual players. So, first mm-hmm. one, where do you see us ranking? Uh, you mean as far as when he's finishing in, in in the East? Yeah. Oh, that one's tough. I I would say before the Donovan Mitchell trade, I firmly had the Bulls at a five seed, firmly. And now, oh, it could be anywhere from five to eight for the Chicago Bulls. So, as of today, right now, I could go Homer and call, and call him a six seed, and. Yeah, why not? I'll I'll go home. I'll say they're a six seed. I'll I'll say they're a six seed. Um, like they we saw how good that they can be last year. Like you literally saw it. You saw the best and you saw the worst uh, of them. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Um, but you saw them. You saw how how good they could be. And coming into this year again, having that continuity, which is the buzzword, I think that does nothing but help this team who knows what they're walking into this season more so than they didn't know last year. So I think that will help them. Uh, I think they're really, really good. I think they're definitely underestimated with how good they can be. So, yeah, I'll put them at the six. Why not? Absolutely. And I know you've probably done a bit more of a a dive on it than what we have, but what do you see the record being? Oh, no, I haven't yet because we're going to do that on our show. Uh, about how where they'll finish with their record, but I'll have them. What were they last year? What did they get? Did they get forty-seven? Was it forty? I can't remember. It was, 40, was it forty-six? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I can't remember either. What's <laughs> Switched off at the end of the year, like they did. Uh, 46, yeah, 46. They won 46 last year. 46. Okay, so this year I'll say they win 48. Right. And I'll give them 48. Again, all of this is just today. When I go on the deep dive and do all that, because the East is amazingly, amazingly good. And yeah, they're really good. So they could honestly finish with less wins than that for sure. Yeah. Obviously, you've got them making the playoffs. So, how, how, how do you see them in the playoffs? Hmm. First round exit, but not a five game first round exit. <laughs> uh, because if they're finishing, yeah, yeah, if they're finishing six, I don't have them beating those three seeds, which I have as Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have them beating those teams. Uh, if they had a five seed, yeah, I, I'd have I'd pick them to win, um, uh, that series. Uh, but yeah, if they if I have them at six, which where I have them today right now, yeah, I have I have them going home, uh, in the first round, but a competitive first round. Right, and on to the players. Who do you think is going to be our MVP? Uh, Demar Derozan. Until you, until I see otherwise, like. He clearly is your best guy, like the one that teams are going to game plan for and put all their eyes on. And even when they did, there's nobody that can really stop him. You know it's coming. Like, you know it's on the way. You know what that, uh, you know what that ISO mid-range is coming. You know it. And there's nothing you can do about it. He's still going to score 40 on you. So I don't see why that stops and changes. So, yeah, I, I still think it's DeMar. And most improved? 
Ayo Desumu. Uh, I think the answer I want you people want to say is Patrick, and I hope it's Patrick for sure. Um, Ayo just has a different kind of hunger, uh, and that I just really, really, truly like. And maybe I understand a little more because he's from the city, and I just get it, and I know, and I kind of know what his his mind is. Um, but his hunger is different, and his uh, desire to be great is on full display every time you see him on the floor because he demands a sponge and he's just trying to be great. He's not trying to be good. He's trying to be great. And yeah, I think you'll, you'll see those strides uh, made by him this season. Yeah. And the unsung hero. Oh, wow. That's a good question. The unsung hero of the Chicago Bulls. I want it to be Kobe white. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who I want it to be I want him to be but I'm going to say Nikola Vucevic will be the young oh. tongue hero for the Bulls um, Nick, he he took a lot uh, of flack from, from the Bulls last season and some were warranted for sure but you would have thought he averaged 10 points and 12 rebounds <laughs> if, if you listen to people talk about him that man averaged yeah. 17 and 11 and the the bad thing about him was he shot the low 30s from three. He has a skill set that you won't find in centers often. And if you find them in the centers, the, his skill set, they're MVPs and all pros, those who have his skill set. So I think is if the three-pointer goes up, that was the main gripe I had or most people probably had was his three point shooting was off. And how wild is it to say like, dude, I I expect my center to be four of six (laughs) from the three point line. Like how wild is that to say? Um, But yeah, I think he's going to come back better. And I think he'll be the unsung hero. Like people will just, even, even though I feel he'll play better, like, like, yeah, well, you know, whatever he's supposed to do that. You know, I think it might be that kind of thing. Uh, going forward from this year, Elaine is extension basically. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, man. Hey, this last this is the last time for money for him. You know, him and uh, Andre Drummond. You know, this is the yeah. last time for, for big money for those guys. So they're they're definitely playing with some stuff on the line. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the prediction. So, as we like to finish every episode, we do a, a player profile. So. For this one, because I know it's a special one, I'll hand it straight back to Neil. Thank you very much. So our player profile for this week is Matty Legend Thomas. Especially <laughs> for you, Dave. Yes. So uh, I'll just give a – what I do is I give a little rundown on some of uh, some of his career stats and stuff, and then uh, we throw it out there for a bit of a chat. But I, I'll throw it to you, and, and you, can, uh, you can sing his praises, uh, seeing as we know how much you love him. Oh, absolutely. So he played number 21. Uh, he's 28 years of age, six foot three, uh, shooting guard uh, from Iowa State College. He went undrafted in 2017, even though he had a very strong um, play in, uh, in college level. Bulls averages 4.0 points per game, 1.3 rebounds per game, 0.5 assists per game, and just under one three point per game at 38.5%. 
greatest shooter ever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 2017 to 18, he uh, played in Spain after going undrafted for Obradaro. And 2018 to 19, he played for Valencia in Spain, mm-hmm. um, which I'll talk about shortly in a second. Actually, there's quite an interesting stat that I know you're going to love. Mm-hmm. 2019 to 21, he uh, went pro with Toronto Raptors in the NBA. Uh, and his first game actually ever in the NBA was against Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he scored six points. Towards the end of the 21 season, he was traded to Utah for the second round pick. And in September 21, signed to Chicago, where I don't, I don't know if you've heard different, Dave, but he's still officially listed as a bull, even though we're all expecting him to be released. Yes, I, I do know this. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, his nickname that he kind of goes by on his own Twitter handle and, and social media is the Iceman. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we know him as Maddie Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, but his uh, his most famous nickname is actually Mr. 99%. <laughs> Interesting. And the, okay. The, the reason for this was in his second year in Valencia in Spain, he hit 99% of his catch-and-shoot jump shots when left unguarded. So his effective field goal percentage, his EFG, was 99%. And that you can take back to CHGO. (laughs) He was called Mr. 99% as a result of that. Oh, yeah, that will be used. Uh, I thought it absolutely. might be. I thought it might be. <laughs> <laughs> that, will, that will come up at some point in time. I, I can guarantee you that. Uh, but, yeah, that's my guy, man. Like, I, it's, it's always a guy like that for me on on a team. And it's usually the guy that everybody hates. <laughs> and I'm like, why do y'all hate this person so much? And then I look at why they hate them so much. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't hateable. <laughs> like I don't understand why this is hateable, but you know, I, I, it's always a certain guy. Like some will gravitate you to it. Like I remember here, uh, the Chicago Bears had a player on their team called Ryan Nall, and he was a fullback. And he would be in the preseason, and he would just always play solid in the preseason. And I loved it because I knew he was a try-hard guy who wasn't going to play a lot you know, who was just on the team and I would love it so much. And, and because of that, people hated, hated him so, so, so much. And oh my goodness, I've talked about him often and all. You can ask Matt. I, I talked about Ryan Nall all the time, like to the point where I bought a cameo because Ryan Nall was on it. And I had the people, I crowdfunded and crowdsourced people and they sent me money to get Ryan Nall to talk on a cameo one time. It was awesome. But yeah, man, Matt Thomas, He's just a, he's a guy, you know, he's a guy on the team who can shoot and he's just there. And he's, as Will told me, he's probably the greatest practice player he'd ever seen. He said Matt Thomas, he said Matt Thomas did not miss in practice ever. He was like, every time he watched him, he was, he was on point and he was there. Look, Matt is going to be, you're not going to get no problems out of him. He's going to be ready to get in the game. He's going to be ready to do whatever you need him to do. And he's going to be prepared. And he's causing no trouble, man. Like, I like guys like that uh, on the team. But 
Bulls fans' irrational hatred of him just made me love him <laughs> even more and more and more and more till he became the legend. And then when I got the stats to back up my ridiculousness, yes, I, I was even more. <laughs> yes, it, that's my guy. That's Maddie Legend. That's my man right there. So, yeah. So, yeah, shout out to him. You know, uh, hope he finds his way in the NBA uh, if the Bulls do decide to let him go. I uh, hope he continues to find his way uh, in the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's it for Matt Thomas. Matt, have you anything to add? I can't follow that, can I? So I'm not even going to it. Oh, man. <laughs> No, I mean, I think we'll uh, we'll leave Dave to get on with his day. I'm sure you've got plenty planned. And is it Bears Packers tomorrow? Oh yes, Bears Packers tomorrow. Yes, that that's a Sunday night game. That that should be interesting. That should be fun to watch because I mean, Bears fans' hope is hanging by a thread. Like if they beat the Packers and go two and zero, you're going to see an explosion of joy <laughs> within the city of Chicago. It's going to be wild. I don't expect them to win though. I don't expect the Bears to win. But if they do, man, it's it's yeah, it's gonna be on. I can promise you that. There'll be some more T shirts as well. Yes. Oh, some dope <laughs> ones. Some amazing ones. Shout out CHGO, the merch, baby. The merch is beautiful. I'm I'm looking at a stack of it right now. <laughs> like yeah. I, I I love the shirts, man. They're amazing. Honestly, really dope shirts, man. They do a great job with that. I've actually got mine on as we're talking. I've got the uh oh. the the, the, like the off red with the CHGO across the front. Oh yes, isn't that one awesome with the script? Yeah, that one's awesome. Man. Yeah, I got I got the black one. Also, they have the script version of the black one, but the CHGO is is each different team, you know, colors in the letter. Yeah, so it, it's really dope, man. So yeah, I, I got that one too. But yeah, they got they got a lot. They got a lot, and hopefully uh, during the Bulls season, we'll we'll get some more of that Bulls gear out there too. They're not making any hats for you. It's coming. The hats are coming. The hats are coming, man. But I got some. I got some fresh new Bulls hats. I literally bought yesterday. That I don't think nobody's seen yet. So I'm I'm ready to hurt some feelings out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a big hat guy myself, and uh, I definitely look forward to seeing what you you've got and then trying to find them. So. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. But no, it's been absolutely amazing having you on and like I say we won't keep you any longer so I'll let you give you your Twitter handle out because I like the, the bow after it so. <laughs> and uh, you know like I say we really appreciate you coming on and if you want to pass our contact details on to Matt and Will I'm sure they'll be much much appreciated oh absolutely um, I, I'll definitely pass that on uh, Neil and Matt I appreciate you guys having me on this has been fun this has been awesome my first time uh, doing a show internationally, so that's really cool. Um, yeah, man, like check me out on CHGO Bulls uh, daily podcast. Just watch it on YouTube. You can listen to it anywhere they have podcasts. Myself, um, Matt Peck, Will Gottlieb, uh, I got Mark K in Australia. Um, yeah, check us out, talking bulls and foolishness often, and follow me on Twitter at. Sports, B A W L Sports. You can find us there. Um, follow me on Instagram also at uh, 
Big Dave C H G O. I'm there on Instagram as well. So yeah, we're out there and I am excited. You know it's good times, man, when I'm excited for a preseason. I, I'm I'm excited to watch the preseason bulls. So yeah. October fourth, I'm I'm just all ready for it. Yeah, yeah. we're all ready to go. Definitely. Yeah, man. <laughs> It's not the lack of sleep for us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, we can sleep when we're dead. We're good. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And it's, and it's a national game, too. It's on TNT. Like a preseason yeah. game. Man. Yeah, it makes it uh, two. I think it's a 2.30 tip-off for us in the morning. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> but we'll be there. We'll be watching it. So yeah. Y'all are strong, man. Y'all are strong. <laughs> Well, yeah. Thanks, thanks well, once again, Dave. It's been an absolute pleasure and a joy. Thank you, thank you, fellas. Y'all take care, man. Yeah, that was a, a lot of fun, as as we expected with Big Dave. Certainly um, injected a bit of energy in the into the pod. We like plugging Javante Green in, really, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was, um, as we say, we've been recording on a Saturday, so it's um, a bit of overtime for us this week, but well worth it. So, as usual, I've been Matt, and you can find me on Twitter at MattCRedUK, and you can find us on all the socials at CRedUK. Yeah, and uh, I've been Neil, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Neil Dunn. Thanks once again for hanging out with us here at the CRedUK podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us. And until next time, wherever you are in the world, CRed, go Bulls. Percolator. It's time for the percolator.